This is Bitch You Doing a Good Job, the podcast where super moms go to burn their capes because doing it all is doing way too much. Welcome back to Destiny Ann. And last week we talked about how my mom passed away and how she was everything for everybody and very little for herself. But what I didn't tell you, kind of under the same the same notion is that she was pretty much my daughter's mom. Like she did everything for my daughter from scheduling doctor's appointments to buying her clothes. I was there and I did a lot as a teen mom. I definitely did. But the bulk of the responsibility was on my mom. Like I was in these streets. Okay. I was at the club. I was with my friends. I was working multiple jobs. I was in college. So I was doing me. I was living my life. And my mom, who wanted to see everybody around her just happy and not stressed at the expense of her, of course, was like, I got it. I'll do it. That was that was my mom. That was her her thing. I'll fix it. She was Olivia Pope before Olivia Pope. Okay. It was handled if it got in her hands. And so when she passed away, it was a lot for me, obviously, because my whole life was centered around this person pretty much doing everything for me. And then it was a lot for my daughter for the same exact reason. Put all of that on top of now, I'm pretty much a new mom. I don't went from being the big sister to actually being the mom. And number one, I did not have the tools. My background is in psychology. I've worked with kids in a bunch of different ways and I was still not prepared. And so very easily because of my grief, but also because of my lack of preparedness, I became a permissive parent and I disguised it as like, I want my daughter to be her and I want her to be able to heal and I'm the safe space. And what was really going on was I was too broken in that moment to really step up to the plate. And I basically needed an excuse to do what felt comfortable to me and my daughter. Now I'll say this, during that time, we built such a strong bond because we were grieving together, but we both did not have any discipline. We both struggled with regulating our emotions. We both were in this bubble, right? She wasn't socializing as much because I wasn't socializing as much. I didn't have any expectations for her because I didn't have any expectations for myself. I couldn't support her because I didn't have a lot of support. And so when I finally came out of that depression, and I got the help I needed to grieve, it was really hard to shift from being permissive to being an intentional, active parent. And it wasn't just hard for me, it was and continues to be hard for both of us. And so if you're in a space of transition, whether it's from permissive to conscious parenting or it's from authoritarian to conscious parenting, then I wanna share with you what I did And what I'm continuing to do, because those early years of my daughter's life, I caused trauma. It is traumatizing for a child to be in an environment without a leader. And I know that now. And so I don't have this unrealistic expectation that my daughter and I are going to overnight just undo everything that I did as her parent in those early years. I don't have that expectation. I meet her where she is and 
I meet myself where I am. And the only option I have is to have a growth mindset. Like I feel so good about the progress we've made in a very short time. And I'm also really hopeful about the progress that we're going to make. And it's because of these six things. So first of all, I started with the hardest step and that was repair. I had to really be honest with my daughter about where she's at and the role that I've played in that, whether it was academically or socially or emotionally. I had to take accountability for it. And I had to come to her and say, you know, life is harder for you in some ways. And that's not your fault. What you're dealing with, what you're handling, what your life looks like is very much because of decisions that I made that were not in your best interest. And that is the hardest pill to swallow. But I knew that it was necessary in order to build safety around where we were going. One, because she realized, okay, my mom knows how to take accountability and that feels good. This is not my fault. I had to create a a shame-free space where she could thrive. Like, this is not your fault, sis. And setting the tone in that way was really powerful because it held me accountable in future situations. When it's tough, when it's not working, when I'm struggling to you know, regulate my emotions or whatever, we are already on a foundation of, I made this bed and I need to do what I got to do in this moment. I need to find a tool. I need to find a resource. I need to have realistic expectations of her. And so I started with repair so that I could do that with intentionality. Number two is I had to examine my values and what really was important to me to see in her, to see in myself. And I sat down and I said, you know what? This is what's important to me. And this is what I'm going to build discipline around. But I think when our discipline comes from a place of trauma or a place of ego, that's when we move into, again, either permissive parenting or authoritarian parenting. And I didn't want to do that. So I sat down, I figured out my values and what was important to me. And I started to create discipline around those values. And let me tell you, this was a mess. She resisted. She pushed back so hard. And in many ways, she still pushes back. And in the beginning, I really struggled to stay on the discipline train because it was easier to do what I had always done, which was like, all right, fine, take the device. All right, fine, you don't have to go. All right, fine, you don't have to do this. And it was really hard to make that shift. So it was a lot of up and down. And if I'm being honest, even right now, we're still finding that groove. It's, oh God, it's (laughs) so much better than it was before. And we have so much discipline now. That's really weird for me to say when I look back on where we came from. But I had to get a lot of resources and I had to do what is the next step in this process, which was learn to regulate my emotions. I had so much anxiety when my daughter would get upset or throw a tantrum. And the easiest way for me to move that anxiety out of my body was to just give in. It was just to give in. And then there were moments where I would go on the complete opposite end because I'm like, no, I got to be disciplined. And I would, you know, take something from her or I would show my anger in ways that weren't appropriate, whether it was with my body language or my tone. And again, I want to say that these aren't things that don't happen anymore, but they're not as frequent because I have better regulation skills and I have more tools. I have therapy, I have breath work, I have coping skills in place 
so that I can stay firm on my boundaries and firm on discipline without disrespecting my daughter. And the other side of that is the next thing, which is validating her emotions. Remember I said I have to have realistic expectations of my girl, okay? Developmentally, I stunted her. I know that. I stunted her academically. I stunted her emotionally. I stunted her in relationships. So I have to be able, when she's frustrated with a boundary, to look at her and say, I know this hurts. I know this is hurting her. I know this is frustrating her that she has to sit here in this tutoring lesson to get caught up with math. I can see why that would frustrate her. I'm not going to shame you because you're having a hard time. I'm not going to shame you because you're upset with me and because you're mad at me. And we'll definitely go into discipline and teaching in another episode. But in those moments where she's upset and she's frustrated, I kind of just let her have that. I really do. Now we come back after the fact and there is correction. There are boundaries. There is discipline. But in the moment, I look at her and I see the pain or the embarrassment or the anxiety beneath her behavior. And I allow her to move through it because her emotions are valid. They are so valid. And sometimes I just got to eat it in the moment because that's where we are. Like I said, that's the bed that I made and I'm teaching her discipline. I'm teaching her emotional regulation. And I have to look at it from the standpoint of, yeah, you're this age, but developmentally, you still need my support. You still need my compassion. You still need me to show up for you with discipline, but in a way that still honors the process. And so where are we at? We got repair. We got figuring out our values, creating discipline around those values, learning to regulate our emotions, validating their emotions. And then lastly, which is the space that I'm in right now, is constantly checking in, reflecting on what is working, what isn't working. Am I staying true to my values? What does discipline look like lately? Am I going too far left? Am I going too far right? What is a flexible boundary You know that needs to evolve based off where we're at in this journey? What is a non-negotiable boundary that is gonna be the boundary always and forevermore? I need to keep checking in with this process so that I can show up as the best version of myself for her. And so you can do that in therapy because there's accountability there, or you can do that with a coach or a trusted friend. You can do that in a journaling process, which is my current method, but it's really important to look at where you're at and consistently show up with repair and with intention so that tomorrow you're moving the needle point just a little bit in the right direction. Now, I wish I could tell you that this was some magic cure and that we are finally beyond the trauma that I experienced and the trauma that she experienced because of the trauma that I experienced. But that's not the case. That's not the case. It's not a quick fix. And I think that the bonus step to this is acceptance because you don't grow from a place of shame and you don't have a bad kid. If you're in this space where you're transitioning from a certain parenting style, you don't have a bad kid, but you're also not a bad parent. And whatever you were doing, you were doing the best you could with the tools that you had. And the only way that new tools are going to work and going to shift the culture in your home is if you accept your child. I mean, like radically (laughs) accept your child and yourself and show up with repair, with accountability, with intention, 
and get the tools and resources that you need to parent from a place of your values instead of trauma or shame or ego. It's been real. It's been fun. And I'm so grateful to be sharing space with you. If you like this episode, share it with a friend, share it on your social media and come on over to Instagram, slide in my DMs and tell me how you liked it. Until next time, bitch, you're doing a good job.